Hey guys, it's Britt here. So with this episode, I do want to put a content warning on here. Um, this may be sensitive to some listeners and some viewers. It does talk about things like racism and murder, um, those types of things. But I do hope you guys enjoy this episode because I think it's very interesting and I think it's very important that we know about these things. So enjoy! Also, sorry, I look like a hot mess. I always look like a hot mess. I don't understand. But anyways, enjoy the episode. Alright, welcome back to the Never Normal Podcast. We're still filming this on a day. You guys know how I am. I just get cold, so I wear sweaters. I have the same shirt underneath, though. (laughs) Um, So, thank you for coming back and listening to us again, or watching us again. Um, We introduced Megan in the last episode. If you haven't seen that yet, go back and watch. I will put a little link card here um, for YouTube. That way you guys can go back and check it out. We kind of caught up and talked about how we met and shared some of her paranormal experiences. Um, But now we're going to kind of shift gears in the sense of we're going to talk about her paranormal, paranormal tour guide stories um ghost tour guide yeah dark history guide yes um which is my flipping dream job first of all i think that would be so fun honestly i would love to get a haunted location and run it yeah Um, that would be cool i i know some people who do that um and it just seems because i love the paranormal and entities and things it would be so rewarding but as that's top tier, um, the tier below is what the paranormal tour guides or the dark, you know, the ghost yeah. tour guides. I think that's so interesting. So Haunted history guide. Yeah, know. so you, down in Chattanooga, yeah. right? That's, mm-hmm. that's what you do right now. So downtown Chattanooga is like where we normally run the one I'm, you know, the company I'm with now. We run to, like I said in the last episode, we run an adults only tour and then we run a kids tour and or family friendly tour is what we call it but like I think if you're going to take your kids on a ghost tour or haunted history tour or whatever you need to understand that like if it's family friendly then likely people won't curse we probably won't get anything super dark or we'll like skirt around but you're still gonna have to deal with like murder and you know what I mean yeah like, it can only be so family-friendly. Um, and really, the stories that we tell in both of them are... Some of them are, like, overlap a little bit. Some of them are similar, and, like, we tell twice kind of thing. Um, and then there's some that are a little bit more risque, I guess, for the adult tour. But mm. I think they're all kind of, like, the same, like, vibe to, yeah. to me, I mean, personally. And, and I would hope to... Listen, I say I would hope, but you know how... you know. Uh, how people are these days. Yeah. I would hope that if you take your children on a paranormal or a ghost tour that you understand that there will be darker themes in that. I would, you would think. I would hope so, <laughs> but I know that's asking a lot. I've definitely seen some <laughs> reviews online on our like uh, TripAdvisor or whatever that's like, um, we took the family-friendly tour and it was really nice and our great guide was great, but it was really too dark for our kids. And I'm like, what did you think it was going to be? This isn't going to be Sesame Street. <laughs> not Sesame Street. jumping out. Ooh, People are dying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a ghost tour. Something has to happen to become the ghost. Like, yeah. So, I don't know. But, like, my grandparents always knew, like, when I was a kid and they would take me, they knew, you know. And they also knew that I could handle it, to be fair. Yeah. So... But it's a lot about the history. Um, on my routes that I take, I've never had a paranormal experience on, on, my, on my routes or anything. To be fair, like... I just started in like 
April approximately, and um, I mean, it's been light out also. So, like, we have an 8 o'clock tour and a 9 o'clock tour, and, like, if you're taking the 8 o'clock tour, it's not going to get dark until pretty much the end of the tour. <laughs> so, yeah. you know what I mean? So, it, it's really just more for the entertainment value of the stories, which I think is also kind of cool. Um, but, like I said, I'm thinking about, like, switching companies sometime here soon, if they're, yeah. like, if one of the local, com- local companies will take me, because they have more options. They have, like, um, a, um, more excuse me they have like a pub crawl and then they have like a cemetery tour and i think they have a couple others that they do like outside of like the regular like family friendly and like adult ones yeah so i I want more options and i think that their company would probably take care of their people a little bit more i don't know anything about that (laughs) but (laughs) well it's kind of like whenever to me when you come to that stuff i kind of like the mom and pop shop version versus the corporate version well and the lady who runs the mom and pop one she actually the one of the more famous haunted chattanooga history books is written by her Mm -hmm. so it's like i would much rather and she seems to be like she really knows her stuff she's local like she gets it so like that seems like a much better gig than somebody who's a natural national company that's claiming things that aren't necessarily always the case so ugh. I'm just saying. Biggest pet peeve. Anyway, we'll get out of the semantics of it. Fact versus fiction. Mm-hmm. It's very important. Shock factor versus. Versus finding something on YouTube and being like, "Well, this might be true." Put it in the script. Yeah, no. So, like I said, I had to filter out some of the stuff that they had written in the scripts for training and everything. Our trainer was awesome. Like the guy that came down and trained us, he was lovely. He did a great job training us and everything. Something against him. It's just like the company itself. People yeah. think people are a little too big for their britches. I. Think. Well, some I mean, of you can have great people within a company and still hate the company. For I sure. Think that's totally fair. So, anyway, so um, I'm thinking about going more local, but let me tell y'all, I have a couple stories picked out. Um, and we'll give y'all some background on like Chattanooga itself if y'all have never been, like kind of the history behind it. Um, from my understanding going forward, um, I'll give y'all some background and we'll talk about a couple specific stories that we tell on the tour. I'm not going to give away everything, um, but we'll talk about a couple like. Ones that I think are more fun. Um, Before I start with that, I'm going to go ahead and get to this part. Sorry. So um, the girl that I knew in North Carolina that I told the last story about. Mm -hmm. And then there's another person that I met through the ghost tours, like when we were all training together. Um, They and I like hit it off really well. And um, one of the first things they told me was that they are a descendant of Samuel Parrish. Do you know who that is? Mm-hmm. Okay. So that they were like, well, it's, we found out from like a genealogy thing. It's like our great, 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 great. It's like my great, 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 great uncle, etc. Which I was like, well, that's wild. But what's even more wild <laughs> is that the, um, the, the girl that I met in North Carolina, that's her great, 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 great grandfather. So we have two people both related to the same person, which like, you know, like you, the girl that I met in North Carolina, her last name is still in correlation. Like that's how direct descendant that she is. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other one found through a genealogy test kind of thing. So I was like, what are the odds that you meet two people who are both related to Samuel Parrish? That's so wild. It was really weird in like within a, what, two year time span? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I don't know. And they're both from the same area. Like 
the girl that I met in North Carolina is actually from Knoxville, where I'm originally from. So, like, we're all from this area. And the other person that I met through the ghost tours and everything, they're a native to Chattanooga. So we all grew up in the same area around each other, and then they're both related. So it's just weird. But um, that's just part of my experiences. You know, that was one of the other guides that worked for the company at the time. They don't work for it anymore. But anyway, so let's get some background on Chattanooga. How much do you know about Chattanooga's background, history-wise? Well... (laughs) <laughs> it's okay if you don't know anything. And it's so sad. I know some things mm-hmm. as far as, like, the dam. Yeah. That was Hills Bar and everything. And why it was built there. Yeah. And um, kind of the railroad system. Mm-hmm. Settlement, things like that. Uh, but I purposefully chose not to dive too deep. I love it. That's okay. Um, I... Well, mainly because I have this thing where I get fixated, and I do the same thing. whenever I'm going down and two things like that, mm-hmm. I will get super fixated on it, and then I would literally just be sitting here talking about it. That's okay. Instead of you know, what instead I mean? of listening. Yeah, and so <laughs> that's okay. So I don't want to be. We're learning person. today. You're fine. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, I love learning. We're learning things. Um, yeah. So I just wanted to know if there was anything that you already knew. So we, we know a little bit about Hills Bar and everything. So you probably already know about the flooding and everything. Yeah? Yes. Yes. Okay, so let's start way back when. Let's go all the way back um, to the first people that settled there. Um, from what I understand, there were people who actually settled along the Cherokee River. I'm not sure what it was called during the time that these people were settling there, but originally it was the Cherokee River. Now, now in today's time, it's the Tennessee River. Um, in Chattanooga, we like to just kind of like mow over history and pretend it didn't happen. That's kind of like <laughs> the theme of the city. Honestly, I think that's the <laughs> most of America. The literal entire United States mm-hmm. when it comes to native. People. It's America. <laughs> it's America. It's terrible. It's okay though. <laughs> um, so, so uh, the first people that were there were um, back all the way back. They are traced back to 600 BC. Mm-hmm. The mound builders of the Mississippians. People have called them different things. They call them the mound, the mound builders because they would build these like great sacred mounds to house their dead in, like pyramids or like cemeteries, a little bit more like you know convex. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we had a mound actually in Chattanooga that housed 20,000 bodies called the Sitakau Mound. Yes. Um, and I believe they mowed over that in the year 1915. And they took some artifacts, they took some like bones and everything, but the majority of it, from what I understand, got like swept into the river. <laughs> they oh, were like, let's just, you know. <laughs> Now, I could be wrong about that fact, but from what I understand, the majority of the rest of it, when they were trying to, like, make, like, you know, because they were trying to, yeah, yeah. well, and this was 1915, so, like, they were trying to make roads and everything, they were trying to pave over stuff, so, like, that's why this giant, you know, mound that housed Mm -hmm. so many bodies was just kind of into the water, which the mounds, actually, if you look at a map of Tennessee, um, you can see where these natives have migrated, because there's some in Oak Ridge, there's some mm-hmm. up here, um, That there's actually one that might still be up here that's still, like, standing that they haven't, like, over yet, but um, you can see where they've come all the way from the top of Lake Tennessee on this side, all the way down, migrated into Chattanooga area, which is kind of cool, like, they followed the water down. Um, so, the Mound Builders, Mississippians, and then, so that's 600 B.C., 1680, you have the Cherokee that moved in. Mm. Um, the Cherokee kind of left the mounds alone because they also would build their own, like, burial mounds. And they were like, you know what? Like, probably their ancestors were also likely the mound builders and the Mississippians. Yeah. So they kind of just kind of left that stuff alone. They already knew the drill. They were being respectful. <laughs> Something that we don't like to do. <laughs> 
So, um, so 1600s, we have the Cherokee that moved in. Cherokee is here for like a couple hundred years, having a good time, living by the Cherokee River. Yeah. Um, and then you have in 1816, there was a man named John Ross who was born and came to the scene. And um, he was, so he was part Cherokee, part Scottish. Um, he was one-fourth Cherokee, too. So, like, he wasn't even, like, half Cherokee. I think it was on his mother's side where his mother was, like, I believe, like, probably part, like, immigrated, like, you know, individual, like, white person, essentially, and then part Cherokee. And then father was full-blown Scottish, from what I understand. So he wasn't even, like, a, like a half, like, half he Cherokee. He just had a little sprinkle. A little there. sprinkle. But even with a little sprinkle, he wound up becoming the Cherokee chief of the area for a time. Um, so, just saying. <laughs> it was a little weird. Interesting. Interesting. Um, he was born in what is now Rossville, Georgia, which is actually yeah. where I live currently. Um, love those state taxes. <laughs> and then, um, then he, like, you know, he was in and out of that area, Chattanooga area, and he yeah. became Cherokee chief. So... It would have been fine. He actually um, capitalized off the area. So he named um, Ch Chattanooga, what Chattanooga is now, Ross's Landing, because you got a mm -hmm. name after yourself. Of and then <laughs> That was like the, like the white man thing to it do. Was. It was. It was. Like, He's like, Ross's Landing, you know. <laughs> he created <laughs> he created a uh, trading post, a warehouse, and a ferry um, across you know the, the Cherokee River at the time, and really capitalized off the area. So um, it was all fine and dandy, pretty much until you know we have the you know earlier hat or excuse me 1816 so 1820s approximately they're starting to write up the information to uh remove the indian removal act remember mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yes yes so uh, Andrew Jackson, who was president at the time, he was fairly close with uh, Mr. John Ross, and they were a little bit of like a butt buddy situation, from what I understand. Mm, I and um, once this was written up and put into action, John Ross had to lead his own people, the people that he grew up with, the nation that he literally was raised in. He had to um, remove his own Cherokee people from Ross's Landing at the time, Ugh, and I he he let out. 4,000, 4,000 Cherokees behind him out of Chattanooga from where they'd been living for hundreds of years. I, there's something that really just chaps my ass about <laughs> the whole Native people's situation mm -hmm. and everything. And, like, it's such a scary thing to talk about, but I think it's so important that we recognize that. Well, they're still struggling today with things that are happening. You know what I mean? So a lot of the Natives much. are. So, it gets into a weird area because this, the Indian, the Indian Removal Act and like the Trail of Tears that occurred, it's still affecting the Native people to this day, which yeah. is very upsetting. And it all started on Market Street in Chattanooga, Tennessee. <laughs> so damn Chattanooga. <laughs> <laughs> so we're already getting a little Jeez. dark. There's a lot of like issues um, already happening with yeah, the city. Um, so like I said, 4,000 Cherokee were removed from Ross's Landing, which is now Chattanooga at the time. Um, and it was 16,000 natives in total left mm -hmm. for the uh, Trail of Tears, and 4,000 to 6,000 did not survive the trip. So yeah. pretty much as much, if, if not more, than who left Chattanooga did not survive the trek, so which sad. is a lot of bloodshed. Um, so that's where we're starting. <laughs> so we've started there. Um, so 
John Ross, we'll go ahead and get into Mr. John Brown. So uh, John Ross actually has a brother-in-law whose name is John Brown. You'll know we have a bunch of Johns in our um, tour, and I think it's simply because they were not very. <laughs> creative at the time you know so uh, John Brown was also a Scottish Cherokee man mm -hmm. I think he was a little bit more he had a little bit more Cherokee blood in him than um, John Ross did from what I understand and he was John Ross's brother-in-law um, John Brown was actually in the Chattanooga area longer than John Ross was in fact he had a tavern that he had established in a ferry that he'd established we have a Brown's Ferry Tavern and Brown's Ferry Brown's Ferry Tavern still exists to this day on Lookout Mountain in Chattanooga it is the oldest building in Chattanooga that hasn't been moved from its original location. Wow. So I haven't been up to it yet, but it's really cool. Um, I'll send you some pictures if you want to add them in or anything. Yeah. Um, of like his tavern and everything. So he was really upset with his brother-in-law, obviously, that this was about to happen because John Brown, he established his tavern in 1806 mm -hmm. and then he left for the War of 1812 to go fight in it. And then when mm -hmm. he came back, he found out that his brother-in-law, after he's been fighting in a war, that his brother-in-law is taking their own people out of, you know, their homeland. And he's pissed about it, frankly. Rightfully so. Um, so if we want to take a little break, I'll tell you all the rest of the story after it. Because it looks like, are we on three minutes? Yeah. yeah. All right. That's okay. Oh. We'll come back and talk about Mr. John Brown in a minute. All right. Welcome, um, welcome back, everybody. Um, we took a short couple of breaths there because we're getting into some pretty deep things. And um, we're going to pick right up where we left off with John... John Brown. John Brown. Very generic name, <laughs> but he was a real person. So this is all history, by the way. We haven't even really gotten to the ghost story aspect necessarily. This is all just like the dark history of the area. So uh, so John Brown, like I said, uh, brother-in-law John Ross, we talked about that in the last half. And uh, so he'd come, come back after he fought in the War of 1812 to find that his brother-in-law would let his own people out of... Uh, Chattanooga or Ross's Landing at the time um, you know unjustly real dick move other John real dick move um, and <laughs> John Brown even went to his brother-in-law and was like begging him and like please you know you can't do this to them like you have to talk Andrew Jackson out of this and John Ross was just like gotta get that bag you know he's, what I'm saying no, no, he's stuffing that cash in his pockets <laughs> like dude I can't do anything I'm only one fourth Cherokee okay? <laughs> yeah. like, I just got a sprinkle in there I don't know sprinkle so <laughs> anyway long story short trail of tears happened John Brown pissed um so he was like, well, if I can't do anything to fix it or change it, I'm going to start getting a little bit of revenge for it. So um, he decides to utilize the two assets that he had created, his tavern and his ferry, that he used to like ferry people across the, the Cherokee River and everything. Um, he would start targeting. So now we have a lot of like white people settlers coming in like white merchants coming in that are unfamiliar with the land you know this is a new area and they're just here to sell their goods and do this that and the other and so john brown like will convince like they'll come on this ferry and then he'll convince them like on the trip over you know hey i got this really nice tavern you know you can come have a nice warm drink a nice warm bed get some food in your stomach we'll talk about like some ghost stories you know like he would tell them cherokee legends of like the dakwa which is like our local um um, like Loch Ness monster, mm -hmm. we call it. It's called the sucking fish. <laughs> Thanks to the French that named a whole area of the Chad, of the river down there, Le Suck. Le Suck. So, the sucking fish. I do um, remember that. 
<laughs> you're like that actually <laughs> that, that name haunts me uh, the Dakwa so um, so we tell them stories like that which they were really enamored by because they were you know they'd never heard of a lot of these legends this was all new to them so while he was like bringing them over entertaining them at his like um, tavern and everything he'd have his little work boys go through their belongings so like go through their horses bags and like their personal items and see who had like the most expensive like stuff like who like which merchants you know had the nice stuff so once he had one, someone picked out, they would get like a one-way ticket down to John Brown's basement in that tavern. Oh wow! <laughs> they Sounds would like a popping place. Definitely one-way <laughs> ticket though, because uh, so he'd bring them down, and he would essentially like after they'd fallen asleep, and he'd like. I don't know if he drugged them or not necessarily, but he would find a way to get them down into the basement um, after they'd fallen asleep, from what I understand. And um, then he would torture them into their death. He would dismember them. Ooh. And then he would throw their body parts into the Cherokee River, as well as, and if you like animals, you're going to hate this, I'm sorry, but if that person had, like, a horse or a dog, because horses and dogs have papers, Mm -hmm. they can be tracked. So if they had, like, an animal like that, he would also kill that animal and throw it into the river, which is unfortunate, and that's the part that really made me sad. Not not the humans being murdered, the the horses and the dogs made me sad. Not the colonizers. Not the colonizers. The animals. The animals. (laughs) They didn't do anything. They were simply just living, so... So that part made me sad, but he killed upwards of 30 individuals that were aware. Wow. So that makes him Chattanooga's first serial killer. That's so. so, and you know, you would never know that. No. <laughs> that's so crazy. And I had talked about, of it. and you talk about that on your mm-hmm. on your tour. Wow. So that's one of the stops we do. I talk about it on both tours, um, just because I think originally we had like the witch sto- witches of Chattanooga, but they were like a little bit like. Campy. Campy, iffy. They weren't even really that interesting of a story. And they none of them were based in fact. I couldn't find anything to back them up. So I was like, I don't know. But they didn't have the John Brown serial killer story. And I was like, I'm putting that in. Because one of our other tour guides um, suggested it. And then I looked more into it. And I was like, oh, I'm doing that story instead. Especially because it's documented. Like, that's so... That's history. That's more scary than this witch who messed in people's love lives that probably wasn't even real. Well, you know? and, and not only that, but you've got this man and he's hurt by his people. Genuinely. Like, he has motive. But, like, he's so torn, you know? Like, Very dark Robin Hood energy to me. Yeah. <laughs> Robin Hood, like... Turn the dial like mm-hmm. all the way up. So that's John Brown and John Ross. That's like our original like starting point. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about the background of Chattanooga itself in terms of like original history, and then I'm gonna jump over into a very specific story about the Walnut Street Bridge that I really want to talk about in this podcast because I think it's like in my opinion, the most important story of the ones I'm going to tell. I'm going to leave it for last. Um, so, our, our ne- let's stay with the natives real quick. Stay okay. with the theme. Mm. So, back in 1775, we're going all the way back, there was a man named Dragging Canoe. Have you heard of him? Yes. Okay, okay. So, Dragging yes, Canoe. So, Dragging Canoe, um, he was a Cherokee warrior as well. He lived, from what I understand, in the upper part of Lake Tennessee that borders Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was he, brutal. <laughs> he was a brutal warrior. His whole goal in life was to keep the white settlers from taking the Cherokee's land. Like, that right. was, like, Amen, his, his thing. I would have donated. He was all for it, man, and he was not, he did not play. Um, Now, at the time, 
1775, there was a territory being like bargained with called the Transylvania Territory that included that um, lower part of Kentucky, upper part of Tennessee. Yes, I have heard of that. Okay, so uh, I don't actually know the reason behind why they called it the Transylvania Territory, but that's what it was referred to as when it was being like purchased off. Vampires, man. Vampires. So (laughs) no correlation. Originated not Washington, (laughs) Tennessee. 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 That would be a whole different plot line. Um, <laughs> It'd be y'all light instead of twilight. Y'all light. <laughs> All right. Anyway. So. Hey, you're right, you're good. <laughs> um. Anyway. So. So. So he was trying to fight off these people who were trying to sell the Transylvania territory because that was his home. Like that's where he grew yeah, up and everything. Right. And I he mean, was like, rightfully so. Yeah. Screw you guys. Like I'm gonna fight y'all off and keep my land. But unfortunately, he did not succeed in that endeavor. So. Aww. He was super pissed, fair enough. Um, And before he left, he told them, you know, if you purchase this territory, it will be dark and bloody and cursed. And some people call it Dragon Canoe's Curse. And some people say that wherever Dragon Canoe goes, that um, wherever, like, the white settlers try to take the Cherokee's land or his people's land, that curse also follows. Hmm. That's the lore, the legend, whatever. So so he, you know, is like, essentially, you know, screw (laughs) y'all. I'm going to take the people who believe in the things that I believe in and we're going to go down and find a new home. So he took all of his like followers and believers and they went with him down to what was, you know, a, a, eventually Ross's Landing, the, that area, what is now Chattanooga, and he created the Chickamauga people. So if you see the Chickamauga signs, Chickamauga natives, they are Dragon Canoes people. He, from what I understand, he created them. Um, so that's kind of neat but a lot of people say that Chattanooga is cursed because Dragon Canoe came down here with his people settled and everything and then you have the Trail of Tears and then the white man came and I see it as like a form of because so the dragon so the reason people say that too is because 30 years after the um the Trail of Tears we have this severe flooding that happened in Chattanooga yeah like horrific flooding like we had businesses in the water homes in the water family members in the water yeah um which you know is very ironic because we literally just took out the original people from their homeland and now we are also being displaced so there's something yeah rightfully so there's something very ironic to me about that being like coinciding within 30 years of that happening Mm -hmm. and then the floods happened on and off for a very long time um Chattanooga is actually a couple stories up so like most of the older buildings if you're walking into them second floor not the first floor you're walking in on so like um the the original first floor and basements are actually underneath the concrete of Chattanooga and we have a tunnel system that runs throughout Chattanooga because of that because like HVAC workers and maintenance workers sometimes have to get down there and they're really the only ones who have access but um, the floods did a lot of damage (laughs) we had a hotel downtown called the Reed House at one point that's also a haunted hotel you know Um, I have heard of the Reed House the Reed House it is one of the most haunted buildings in my opinion in Chattanooga Uh, Um, but originally originally it was a different hotel who I know the name of it it'll come to me hold on it was a different hotel originally it starts with a C Crutchfield House the Crutchfield House um, was originally in that spot it was a Civil War um, hospital on the lower parts of it for a while it burnt mm-hmm. down and then when we had the floodings after it had been rebuilt and turned into the Reed House the I think it was like four or five stories up when it flooded it reached that level and a lot of the people that were inside of the hotel were trapped inside so there was a dude with a boat that was like 
I'll come get y'all. He comes in, gets everyone, and then he is, is like, you know what? This is such a good idea. I'm going to capitalize off of it. <laughs> so then he starts taking people on tours of Chattanooga as if we're like Venice, Italy. And he and there and like the boat starts in the Reed House. Like that was like their starting location. So they like okay. pick people up and then go around. So that was like just kind of like a fun fact about it. But um, so a lot of people think that it's cursed because of dragging canoe and the flooding and everything. A lot of people have that connotation of it. I say it's a city. You're going to have a lot of crime. You're going to have a lot of issues. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, it's a beautiful city, but it's still a city. Um, and stuff happens. You know, karma happens, too. So, like... It's kind of one of those... I'll leave it up for interpretation. It's one, like, one of those where it could very well be, like, you know, when they took the natives from their land, mm -hmm. that could have enacted, where, and that's where that flooding came from, as a form of... <laughs> You take some of mine, I'm going to take some of yours. And also think about it. These natives were probably propagating the river area and mm -hmm. using that as, like, their food, you know, their food source, well, growing their food. I mean, and, well, you know, nature, water, everything's very sacred to yeah. people. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, like, thing, if you want to think logically about it, yeah. if you remove the people who, like, propagated the area next to the water mm -hmm. that has probably kept it from flooding for who knows how long. And you get a bunch of... And then you take them out, and then that's not happening You get a bunch of that anymore. don't know what they're doing Then, in. of course it's going to flood. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> they had no idea what So that's just taking superstition out of it, like, but still, but I think the, it's... On the realistic, on the realistic side, side I yeah. really do think it's a karmatic situation. Yeah. But that's just me personally. That's my yeah. opinion. Yeah. So, all right. So if you want to, like, do one more quick break before my last, like, uh, tour guide story, yeah. I would love to because I think this is a good stopping point. Yeah. So, for sure. That's the end of the natives for now. <laughs> yeah. No. And, you know, I do want to say that a lot of people in this area, we really do recognize... Um, the wrongdoings, at least the people that I've come into contact with. I mean, you got some yeah. of your yeehaw people, but they really don't care. But well, and a lot of people are yeah. also still like mixed with their ancestry is native around yes. here. A lot of people, yes. you know. So yeah, we we do have where my mother grew up um, was the birthplace of Sequoia, um, and we they do have a lot of the Cherokee people in the area have a lot of festivals and things like that. Um, and the Sequoia Birthplace Museum is an amazing. I, like I told you, you I really want to see it now that you're talking about it. You definitely need to go. It's beautiful. A lot of history artifacts. A lot of authentic things that actually, you know, pertain to the real Native history. Um, so yeah, but we are going to take a break and then we'll finish out. Um, if you're still here, thanks. Thank you so much. I know I talk for a long time. I hope you're enjoying <laughs> no, but it. It's all, but it's all very like detailed things. Well, and native history is America's history. So yes. if you don't care about the natives' history, then you don't care about America, do you? Yeah. That's, I mean, I'm not trying to be controversial. I'm just saying, like, if you don't care about the first people that were here, then you know you don't yeah. really care about the place or respect the place that you're you're living. <laughs> yeah, and that, and I very much feel the same way as well. Like, I will get in very heated discussions with people on this. But yeah, we're gonna take a quick break, and then we'll round out with one more story. See you soon. <laughs> we'll be right back. We're back. We're back. We're back for one more tale of yes. our Chattanooga tour. Guys, see, I don't even need to go now. I can just, I've had a tour right here. Oh, you I can tell you all the tour. stories, not here. on here. No, but. but but Casey and I, um, 
when you do get settled, like if you do decide yeah. to go together, we definitely want to do a. Even if y'all want to come down and you just want a personal tour, I'll do it. Yeah, I don't care. like I want to go stay in the Reed House and like yes. definitely want to go down and do a actual YouTube video of the ghost tours and just kind of yeah. get some more because I think that stuff is so cool, but I also think it's important because there's a lot of history in those yeah. tours. So I think for us to preserve the history, it's really important that we like it's super important tell the history, especially Chattanooga's history because I'm going to be honest and it's unfortunate because I love that city, but at the same time, it's such that city in particular, which I say in particular, a lot of them, especially in the south, um, they were never kind usually to people of color or natives or you know what I mean. Yeah. So there's a lot of the stories we tell are based in cruelty to those like people you know yeah. what I mean and that's so unfortunate but it's very much a part of our history and I think it should be preserved and I think it's important to recognize that and to recognize you know how you know you treated these people terribly but we need to learn and restructure from mm -hmm. that I think that's very important especially in today's day and age I mean it should never have been a thing yeah of course well if we forget our history we repeat our history yes so that is like <laughs> one of my biggest I stand up on that pedestal all the time it's like so important to me and that's why again I really love these tours because <laughs> they're very historical and they're very um, yeah, they are dark, and they talk about uncomfortable things, like the Trail of Tears. It's a very uncomfortable thing. Super uncomfortable. Um, but Native voices and Native history is so important. And then it's the same thing, you know, with slavery and stuff like that. Like, people of color, their voices are so important, but it's also important to learn their history and what those people went through. Mm -hmm. And what they still go through. And I also want to preface all of this that I'm saying with, these are the stories that I have researched, that I have looked into, that I have heard like heard words of mouth from in lo from locals and everything. So like, if I get f certain facts or anything off, or if I'm not 100% correct about dates and times, I am sorry, I am not perfect. <laughs> I have tried my best to be as accurate as possible. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying like, if there's something that you know that I've said that's incorrect, feel free to correct me also, because I would like to know. Um, yeah. but and I, and I admire it. There's like an openness in that. That's yeah. Really well, I'm not going to say that what I'm saying is 100%. Like, I can't make mistakes. Like, my brain is always worrying. So, like, if I get a date or a name a little bit skewed or, like, a situation a yeah. little bit out of context, yeah. just know that I've done my research. That doesn't mean that I'm 100% correct in everything. But, I, you know. I want to be open to criticism and from the stories, And there's too. always an opportunity to learn in that, too. 100%. That's important. But we're going to do one more story. Yep. Um, I'm interested in this one. I don't know why. I just have a feeling. That... So this is the darkest one, in my opinion. Not oh, that the Trail right. of Tears isn't dark. Because right. it absolutely is. That's a lot of bodies. Um, but I think this one, and I want to send you a picture for this one as well. So if you can get it on there, great. Um, just to put it, things into perspective. Mm -hmm. Um... So this one in particular is about Chattanooga's Walnut Street Bridge, which is our famous walking bridge. Um, cars cannot go on it. Um, you know, it's a, one of the biggest walking bridges in the U.S., I believe, as well. And um, most, the thing about this bridge, too, is, like, if you see the, the town's name, Chattanooga, you see that bridge behind it in, like, a graphic design. That's mm -hmm. the bridge you see when you see Chattanooga. Mm -hmm. um, we use it as, it's like the pinnacle of our city. Like, it's our namesake. It's, it's all, every Everything, you know we've based off of that you see it driving into Chattanooga you do yes I mean I it. it's insanely huge it's a beautiful bridge um, but it has an incredibly dark history um, now 
originally there was just a little memorial placard next to it, like a tiny one. Now they have a full memorial next to it on the side that this incident happened on. And I think they've done a lot better of a job. I think they've installed it earlier this year, so it's fairly new still. It's very nice. Um, and the whole memorial statue and everything. So we're going to be talking about the Ed Johnson story. Um, you may have heard of it. You may not have. When I moved here, I'd never heard of it before. I've never heard of it. Um, I think I'm a little frustrated that people haven't I'm frustrated that I haven't heard of it before, you know. Um, and it was also not in our script for this tour company at all. In fact, one of the other tour guides are the one that's like, we're not doing the Ed Johnson story. And I was like, what's the Ed Johnson story? She's like, you don't know the Ed Johnson story? I was like, no, I don't inform me, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So I did my own research. I read the newspaper article that came out about it and everything, too. So I'm doing my best with it. Bear with me. Um, it's also something that I want to trigger warning real quick because it trigger warning to racial issues okay. um, and obviously death because, you know, yeah. it's a ghost story. So just understand that, like, I'm going to do my best interpreting it. Everything I talk about is as factual as I was able to find. Um, so Ed Johnson, his story actually starts with a woman named Nevada Taylor in the year 1906, I believe. Um, now, Nevada Taylor was a local in Chattanooga. She lived out there. She, I, I believe she had some little like job that she worked out during the day, and then she would go meet her father, who worked as a local groundskeeper for a cemetery at night, mm -hmm. to like go walk with him home. You know what I'm saying? So she was leaving you know, her work to go to her father's work so they could walk home. It was dark out. I'm sure there was a lot less lighting than there is now. Um, and on the way there, um, also <laughs> trigger warning a little bit for, you know, physical aggression and sexual aggression. Okay. Because um, on her way home, she was assaulted pretty horrifically. Okay. Now, um, the story goes that she had passed out during the whole ordeal and she came to from what I read 10 minutes later and then walked to her father and explained what had happened essentially. I'm sure she was in tears and super upset and freaked out and everything. She was, you know, a younger woman and I'm sure had never had that kind of experience before. Very traumatic. So she walks to her father's work. When he finds out what happened to her, he takes her to the local police station um, to fill out a report, and then he takes her to, you know, the hospital to see if she's okay, in you know, physically. And um, the hospital report comes back that she was assaulted in the way that they thought she was assaulted. Um, and then now she's being interrogated to find out who did this to her. They're like, can we get, like, clothing, voice? Like, can you give us any physical descriptions of the person? She was like, it was a man. They were wearing black. That's all I know. <laughs> That's all I got. I don't... It was dark. I don't know. Right. Um, and so this kind of frustrates the local sheriff at the time because he had his own agenda going on and he was really trying to, like, go after the people of color in yeah. the, you know, area at the time. So he was really trying to fish for, like, what's the skin color of this dude, you know? And she was like, I don't know. It was dark. And that, you know, pissed him off a little bit. So... He had his own thing going on during this whole ordeal. Now, they started to pull money in. So $350 uh, were pulled in to find any information about who assaulted Miss Taylor. Um, now, lots of people came forward with different things, but like nothing really added up for a while. Nobody had a name or anything until one local came forward with the name Ed Johnson. Now, Ed Johnson was a local carpenter at the time. 
and um, he kind of worked on like t the taverns of the area like roofs and like you know the inside furniture and everything he would fix or like make new for them so a lot of people mm -hmm. I think in Chattanooga knew who he was and he was like he was a black man in the area and you know just was living his life he wasn't doing nothing um, now like I said, $350 were pulled in. That's $12,000 of our money. <laughs> so that's a lot of money, you know, in the time frame and everything. So when this man came forward with the name and took off with the $350, now they kind of have to go after Ed Johnson because they don't have any other information. And now they don't have any money. So Ed Johnson was put on trial. Miss mm -hmm. um, Taylor had to, you know, give her own recording of the events. They like pressured her really hard to say his name during the trial, and like she is recorded to have burst into tears on the stand after they were like, "Well, it's this man, right? Say it's this man. What is his name? Say it's it's his name." You know, trying to get something out of her, and she's like bursting into tears, and she's like, "This was her quote from her." Um, I do not want to convict an innocent man to death. I do not know, essentially, who did this to me. So, like, I, I don't know what their skin color was. I don't know, was what she was trying to explain to them. Yeah. And they were adamant. No, it had to be the him. It had to be him. It had to be him. Well, 12 witnesses came forward stating that they were either with him or knew where he was the night that Miss Taylor was assaulted. Mm-hmm. There was zero evidence to state that he was even remotely near the area that this had happened to her. Oh, there gosh. was no evidence. In fact, there was 12 people showing counter evidence. <laughs> However, the jury was still going towards a guilty verdict. So well, They wanted someone to blame. Yeah, and... of course they did. Well, things were getting really hot and heavy and upsetting, and uh, Ed Johnson's father, he knew his son was innocent, and he was like, you know, I... I really, I, I got to find a way to fix this. I got to find a way to save my son. So now I could be wrong about where he went, but from my understanding, he went to Nashville and there were these two, it was either Nashville, I need to fact check this, I don't remember where he went to go get these two lawyers. It was either Nashville or it was like DC. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to be honest, I can't remember which one. So don't clock me on where he got them from, okay? But there were these two black lawyers who were very prominent in their area. They were very good at what they did, and um, he went to go essentially beg them to come help his son, mm -hmm. to come, you know, yeah. be there, be his, you know, lawyers. And at first they were like, you know, we have our families, and like, I mean, these two people of color who have their own families, have their own lives, and don't want to go into an area where... Walking into a lion's den, really. Quite genuinely, you yeah. know? Especially because they're here to take the assaulter off, you know, make him not guilty. So, like, this is really awkward, you know? Like, very uncomfortable, very much like they're risking their own lives to come oh, help oh, him. Oh, yes. They targets so, on their back. And, and their families' well. lives. Yeah. So, you know, this was a big decision for them to make. But eventually they actually did decide they would come down to help Ed Johnson. Okay. Um, they came down and they did a damn good job. They did an amazing job. They actually were starting to overturn that guilty verdict to a not guilty sentencing and he was going to walk free. Ed Johnson was going to be okay in the long run at this time. Um, but because of that, like I said, the local sheriff was just an asshole 
<laughs> just an awful asshole. Mm. And um, he was very upset that things were turning around in favor of Mr. Johnson. So he decided to start manipulating, which I'm sure didn't take a lot, but like manipulating and like convincing the locals to get together and form a mob to because, oh, you know, the assaulter is going to get away with assaulting this little woman, this poor little white woman. You oh, know what I mean? Oh, my gosh. So yeah. he used that to get these people on his side, which I'm sure it didn't take much for some of these people. But, you know, he used it to get them on his side. And then they went to the Hamilton County Jail, which is where Mr. Jo Mr. Johnson was being held at the time. Um, he was being held on the upper floor, from what I understand. And... Um, they came to quite genuinely, and they did, break down the doors to that jail to uh, take Mr. Johnson and do what they wanted with him. Um, so they broke down the doors to this jail. They went all the way up to the top floor, which at this time when the doors were broken down, from what I understand and like, you know, the story, how the story goes, Mr. Johnson had like one other cellmate that was like not in his cell, but like adjacent to him that they could like speak and everything. And when they heard them knocking down the doors, they all knew who these people were coming for. They knew they were coming for Mr. Johnson. Like this was the big Gosh, story. Yeah. So the cellmate looked over at him and said, time to start praying. Yeah. Um, as the tale goes, Mr. Johnson had his blanket wrapped around his shoulders and he was rocking back and forth in his cell, reciting Psalms 23 over and over again. Um, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. The Lord is my shepherd. Yeah. And he just kept repeating that prayer over and over and over again because he knew that this would probably be the end and he was kind of like trying to take comfort in what he could at that point like there was i mean i don't i don't even know what i can't even imagine being put in that place to yeah. even have to think about my inevitable death from people who hate me so much and i've done nothing wrong you know yeah like how horrific so these people they make it up to the second floor where he's being held they break down the bars to his cell mm -hmm. they tie his hands up and they drag him 16 blocks to the Walnut Street Bridge on the side that the Hunter Museum and Hunter Mansion sit on currently. Mm -hmm. um, they drug him to that side, and as a mob, they were having different discussions of what they should do with him. Finally, they decided to hang him from the bridge, and they did. They oh hung gosh. him from the bridge, and this is... There's discrepancies on this part, but from what I understand, they he hung from the bridge until his rope snapped, he dropped to the ground, and then the sheriff came with a few of his guys, came all the way down to where he dropped, and was probably already dead. Mm -hmm. And they shot him 50 times just to make sure. That's so disgusting. So, the thing about that story, too, is Ed Johnson was not the first man of color that was hung from that bridge and killed. Yeah. He's just the one that we have, one of the few that we have a name for. We have yeah, a few like, of the other names, a lot of but documentation and there was not a lot. That's so terrible. So, I'll tell you too, from what I understand, the reason they would take these individuals to this bridge in particular to hang them from, because there were other areas they could have done this to, was because that this was the one walking bridge where, again, I could be wrong about this, this is what I've heard from locals, this is the research I've done, so this is what I know. On the mansion side, the Hunter Museum and mansion side, um, were like the rich area of Chattanooga at the time. They were the wealthy people. On the other side of the bridge were the not-so-wealthy people and a lot of the people of color. So they would walk across the bridge every single day to get to work. And oh, what would they have to see yeah, on that route? Set examples. A yeah. warning so it's that if gross. you don't act in line with us, we'll do this to you too. Oh, that's so... Horrific. I'm going to break for a minute here. That's so fucking disgusting. No, it is. It, it, it makes me so mad, but it's a story that 
I don't like to tell it. <laughs> it's not a fun story. It's a very disturbing story, but I think it's important to tell. I tell it on both tours. I think it's important to tell because, you know... We, it shows you just how deep racism is. It is, and how much we like to cover it up even to this day when we have a memorial right next to it talking about the history of the bridge and half of the people that walk by it have no fucking clue. No That's clue. So Every single time, like, I'll ask people, I'll be like, like, hey, have you walked across the Walnut Street Bridge on your trip this so far? Oh, yeah, we have. Have you seen the memorial? Yeah, we've seen the memorial. Do you know what it's about? No. Yeah. Locals don't even know. I'm like, not all, all of them, obviously, but a lot of them. And I'm like, I bet you, and it's obviously a lot of the, you know, paler skin individuals that <laughs> don't always know the story. A lot of the people of color tend to know obviously you know the story of course, of yeah. course that's you know part of their history so but it's also part of our history it's just our history that we don't like to talk about we may not have done it but you know what i'm saying like it should be acknowledged so for sure i definitely feel that sentiment so but yeah well thank you so much for sharing these stories and stuff with us I think they're very important. Uh, Chattanooga has a lot of history, a lot of dark history. The South has a lot of dark history. I mean, this is just scratching um, the surface. Yeah. I, there's so much more I could talk about, but it would take another 50,000 podcasts. <laughs> so, uh, Well, we'll definitely have yeah. you back where we can, like, hit on those things and everything. Sure. Um, I will post her socials below. Um, go give her a follow. Check us out on Anchor. Uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and of course YouTube. Consider supporting us. If you go to Anchor, there's a support option um, and that's where we're going to kind of dive into like getting more equipment and doing some more like actual paranormal investigations and stuff. But yeah, thank you thank so you. much. Thanks and, for having me. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, it's been really fun so far and uh, she'll be back. Don't worry. <laughs> she'll definitely be back, but we will see you guys next time, guys. Thanks a lot. Bye.